Welcome to this podcast that is all about funding. From grants to crowdfunding, we will be talking with nonprofits, foundation representatives, federal consultants, passionate community members, and so forth from every angle of the funding community to see how they got funded, how they can get funded, what their challenges are, and what questions they have on securing funding. I will be answering questions and providing tips and advice on how to best move forward in securing funding for your nonprofit, your research, or your business. My name is Holly Rustic, and I am creator of WeGo Consulting. That's writing, editing grants, and organizational development. You can find me at www.wegogrants.com. As a grant writer for more than a decade, having managed grants for various organizations around the world for years, and being a federal reviewer, I have seen every side of the coin for funding. I'm excited to share information and try my best to answer any questions that you may have so you can increase your funding and your organization can impact your community and the world at large. So let's get started because money can be groovy. Hello and welcome. Today we are going to be talking about the first section in the five basic parts of how to write a grant. And this first section is going to be all about your organization. Now, you may be asking, well, we already know about our organization, so why do we really need to listen to this podcast? And the reason I'm going to tell you is that it is because this is kind of the most underperformed area in grant writing in applications because people assume that they already have everything together. But most of the time, they don't, unfortunately. Um, and it can be the part that drives you crazy because it's the part that you should know, but you might not necessarily have all of the files or documents ready or available. So we're just going to go ahead and make sure you are totally set up. Move forward in a grant application and have all of your documents available that are about your organization. Today we're going to be talking about the status of your organization, your vision, activities your organization has completed, other grants or funding your organization has received, board officers and members, staffing, staffing structure, financial oversight and management of funds, job roles for projects, and partners. So basically, you want to have all of this information in an electronic file and folder, and you want to update this at least annually. So it'd be great, too, if you also have a hard copy. It's just always good to have a hard copy. Um, I'm a firm believer in that. Or you can have it on the cloud as well. So just make sure you have it where you can actually store all this information. All right, so first off, we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about your organization. Okay, the first part is actually fairly simple. When your organization was founded and by whom? So basically, you just need to find out when exactly you were founded, and that's usually a different day than you were incorporated because you were actually founded before you processed your paperwork and all of that for your 501c3. So you can just easily find um, this information normally in your bylaws or articles of incorporation to know who founded you and at what date that was. And you can kind of give, you know, a couple of different uh, sentences just to describe why you were founded. Uh, maybe you were founded because you're a mom group and there was moms that came together to see a need in the community and just, you know, give a little background on that. Uh, make sure that you also list your organization when it was incorporated. You'll actually be able to find that information on your IRS tax-exempt tax 501c3 form. So, um, and that one you do want to keep handy as well. You want to keep a copy of that. Now, it's normally four pages. Commonly, just grant uh, sources, they want to see the first page as long as you attach that in a grant. So, 
Most grants do ask for that. They want to see proof of your 501c3 nonprofit status, and that's in your IRS tax-exempt 501c3 nonprofit organization status that you became incorporated, so it'll tell you the date on there. And just make sure that you have a couple of sentences just written up about that so you have those in one document. But also keep a copy of your 501c3 tax form, that incorporation form as well. And the other thing too you want to talk about now, the next thing is, what is your mission statement and what is your vision? So make sure you have that available. And I would even say, put that sucker on the wall. You want to be able to see it. You want everybody in your office and in your organization to know what the mission is and know what the vision is. Um, so they have a common place to look toward. And I do see this as a fault among a lot of organizations. They don't actually have this hung up somewhere. A lot of people, when I've asked them, so what is the mission or vision for your organization? They don't know. They have to Google it on, and look at their website. Um, and I would say that's a big no-no. I mean, you want to be able to have your team, your staff really be involved and to know what the mission is, to know what the vision is. You want them to know what you're actually trying to do today and what your goal is for tomorrow to separate the two of those, the mission and the vision. Just make sure everybody knows that and embraces uh, what you're actually trying to do in your community. Just make sure you have those written out as well and um, on a little Word document or wherever you want to keep it, just so you have that in your full about my organization electronic folder. Okay, and then you also want to talk about similar activities and projects that your organization has successfully accomplished. I use this example a lot. Say we're a soccer team. You have a soccer organization and you do a lot of different soccer camps for kids who are at risk or in need. So one of your activities from the past might be that, we'll call this place Soccer Rocks, Youth Soccer Rocks has partnered with Rock and Health to provide health screenings for 300 youth athletes in 2016. That's very clear, and you're going to have a lot of these different partners, but keep track of them. And, you know, just make sure that you know who your partners are and what you have done together and, and what year, space, or time duration that was. And you can even add on, for example, they provided the health screenings, and how much was that in kind? Was that a valuable amount that, you know... Was it $20 per health screening that actually was donated? So all of a sudden you have, you know, this great amount that you have as an in-kind to show that support. So you can find a template on www.hollyrustic.com forward slash grant bonus. Go ahead and sign up for some of the bonuses there and I will provide you with that. Again, my name is Holly, H-O-L-L-Y-R-U-S-T-I-C-K.com forward slash grant bonus and you can sign up and get some of these great templates. But just make sure you know who your partners are, what you've done together, when it was, and if there was any value attributed to that. So let me tell you, the other thing too that's great about that is when you keep track of that, you can also remember to send them thank you letters or just to invite them to things that you're doing. Hey, there's a soccer team match coming up this weekend, whatnot. You know, it's a big game. Please come on out. Here's a couple of free tickets, that kind of thing, just to keep them involved. So then that way you're actually developing a relationship and it is a partnership. It's not just give me money, give me money kind of thing, which turns off a lot of different uh, foundations and and organizations and businesses and companies because they want to feel like they're really involved in helping. They don't necessarily want to feel like a bank that's just always giving out, you know, you're taking withdrawals constantly. That's never a real partnership. So that way you can really track 
what they've done for you and how, what you guys have done together and then just to really remember to thank them. All right, moving on to your board of directors. This is important because a lot of people just think, oh yeah, 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 whatever, we just need an organization chart. And that's not exactly true. A lot of grants wanna really know about your board of directors. And not necessarily they need to know extensively, but they kind of wanna know, okay, who's all involved? Not, you know, what are their names? But also give us a little bio, like let us know about this person. You know, and that can just be a few sentences long basically to say, okay, this person, the president became involved and their kid has been taking software lessons from us. That's why they're involved in that sort of thing. Um, they might have this degree, whatever, you know, just so it makes sense. So your board makes sense and they also want to see that there's no conflict there. So there's no staff members that are also board members or any kind of board member, you know, say they owned a soccer uniform shop. They're not just selling you all the uniforms and you're not getting any other quotes, those kind of things. So they just want to make sure that you have a sound board and you really have to list that out. Now, why I say you have to update this, you want to make sure you're updating this annually and your board will usually flip over every couple of years. So you really do want to make sure that you are updating this and keeping track of everything. And also the contact information, because a lot of times you will need your board members to uh, sign certain documents for grants. So you want to make sure you have a good way of reaching out to them. Uh, so you once again, you can find a template on hollyrustic.com grant bonus forward slash grant bonus. So moving on to your staff members and your employee status. So one thing you want to track is obviously the titles, who they are, but also what kind of employment type. Are they a full-time employee? Are they a part-time employee? Are they an intern? Are they a volunteer? Yes, even track your volunteers uh, and your interns. Uh, do they work on a stipend base? These kind of things. And also include a short bio. So they might have, you know, a master's degree in sports psychology and have been at Youth Rocker Sox since 2011. A lot of grants do ask information about who's going to be running certain programs and projects. And they want to know that they have the, the capability and the right qualifications to actually implement the project appropriately. So you have to show this. And once again, do update this annually because um, even if you have the same staff, even if you're like, hey, Holly, but nobody's flipped over. We still have the same staff. I would say it doesn't matter. Still update this because throughout the year, you know, you're normally taking different certification courses or attending different trainings or conferences. Add that into the resume. So you also want to keep track of their resumes, not only a short bio and where they are, but also attach their resumes in this file or in this whole electronic folder. All right, now moving on to the staffing structure. The staffing structure is very important because a lot of grants will ask, how are you actually going to oversee this grant? Who reports to whom? For example, the Youth Soccer Rocks has a following staff structure. The board of directors meets quarterly and oversees all projects. The executive director reports to the board and oversees all staff at weekly meetings. The project coordinator has the key responsibilities of outreach, networking, and implementing all project activities. The coach organizes all youth activities. The bookkeeper maintains all financial books. So you're basically just explaining your organizational chart. Yes, it's still good to have an organizational chart, but it's nice. You have to usually have a flow too because they just kind of want to know, okay, who's reporting to who and how is that actually working and that they report to the right people. And the board meets quarterly. The executive director has weekly staff meetings. So you do want to kind of put that, how does the staffing structure work actually? How is it implemented? It's not just who's reporting, but how is that being done? So next is our financial plan for oversight and management of funds. Now, this varies from organization to organization, but it's a good idea to have this updated 
and just to know exactly, you know, what's being done with your oversight and management of funds. Yes, grants will ask this question. How are you going to manage this grant? How are you going to oversee everything for the finances? And this really comes down to, you know, do you use QuickBooks? Or how much money is necessary? Like, do you have a $500 cap to say, okay, anything over $500 needs two signatures and one needs to be a board member, that sort of thing. So you really need to explain how you oversee all management of funds. And this can be, you know, you pretty much want to flesh it out exactly how you're doing it, but you want to be able to keep track of it and to let your funding source know that, yes, we do report all of our fiscal, you know, do you do independent audits? Have you reached that limit? And just as a little tip here, if your organization has received more than $750,000 of federal funds in one year, then you do need to have um, an external audit completed. Um, you don't necessarily need to if you haven't gone over that cap, but it's nice just to do an internal independent audit. Okay, so there you have it. Now, if you wanted to have a couple of things uh, for uh, grant-specific items, so who will you hire, what are the roles for the project, and you could identify those as far as a project that you're wanting to develop for a grant. So you can even do this before the funding opportunity announcement is released or the request for proposal. As long as you know what you're already looking at developing. For example, if you wanted to identify the job role and who you would hire for a specific project, an example is the project director and youth coach are two primary positions. These individuals currently volunteer for Youth Soccer Rocks and have submitted letters of commitment to this project. Both staff members will be hired within the first month of the project by the Board of Directors. And then you could say refer to attachment X for commitment letters and resumes. So that would be something that you would actually put inside your grant if you're wanting to hire new positions. In that way, you know, you need to attach the resumes. If you don't have resumes from people yet, you haven't identified the exact person, you can at least make a job description. And that's really good too. It's um, just to explain what they would be doing, how much would they be making, et cetera, and what would all their job roles would be. Now, another thing you can include in your electronic file here is who the partners are needed for this specific project. So if you're looking at a specific grant, you could include signed and dated letters of support, letters of commitment, letters of testimony, or memorandums of understanding with appropriate partners. Also put any values of commitment in these letters, so you can always use them as a non-federal match, leveraging support. For instance, you know, you're looking at this project and you know that you're going to need, so for the Youth Soccer Rocks, they're going to need to have these letters, the, the one letter from the public health place that's going to be offering the different health checks, or maybe even a school that's going to offer them a space where they can play soccer. Some volunteers that might want to come on and do some assistant coaching, Sometimes it is required to put some of that in your grant, and it always shows support of the community, so it's very good to put it in your grant application. But you need to attach your letters of support, and sometimes that can just be something dated, very informal, to say, oh, Coach Joey, he's going to be assistant coach, you know, to Coach Kevin, so I'm just going to go ahead and write up this letter, date it, sign it, and just say my intentions. I'm going to volunteer 30 hours a week and and I'm going to do this for free so you could actually use that as a non-federal cash match if he's not getting paid 
you could equate it to how much would assistant coach be paid and then times that hourly rate times the 30 hours per week times however many weeks that he's actually going to be participating. And the cool thing about that is that you could go back to him and say, look, we got the grant awarded. We really appreciate that you signed this letter and it's very clear what he's agreed to and committed to. So then you could say, you know, we're going to start up practices in the next few weeks. So you know, and then you already had that commitment from him. So he's more inclined to actually help and want to be a part of that than just some kind of vague verbal agreement where he'd be like, oh, you know what, I got a lot of things going on. And then all of a sudden you're out of that assistant coach position. But if he's actually signed something and he's seen the value, he's going to feel more valued as well. So that's really something cool for him. And then he's going to be able to um, know exactly what he committed to. So it's very important to have these letters of support and commitment. Um, letters of testimony can just be things that, you know, from kids that have taken your program and they've really benefited a lot, so they, you could attach that in your project. Memorandums of understanding, those are a little bit more, um, they hold a lot more weight than just letters of commitment, and that really outlines what both partners are doing. But this is just to give you an idea of things that you can attach. Now, these, these last two I've talked about, the specific roles and jobs for the project and the partners for the specific project. Those are a little bit more specific. Those might not be included in your full about our organization file, but those that are things that you can add to it. And that will add a lot of strength. And as you further develop and articulating a certain grant, you're definitely going to want to do those things. But everything else you're going to want to have included in that folder and you're going to want to have it as quick, easy resource. So as soon as grants come up, you can pull from that information. You don't have to track down a million people. You don't have to try to figure out, oh yeah, well, um, this person just switched over on the board. I can't get their resume. You know, they're traveling right now. I mean, board members are very busy people and even employees are. So you, it's very good just to have all of this done and not to be pulling your hair at the last minute. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna go ahead and recap quickly so you remember everything that you need to have outlined. So once again, we went over the status of your organization, and once again, that's just when you were founded and incorporated, and then have a copy of your 501c3 tax-exempt uh, corporation letter. And then, of course, have your mission and vision handy in your file, and also, I would say, post it around your office and your organizational building. Like, be out there. Let your people know about it. Um, number three, activities your organization has completed. And that's just a running list of different activities it doesn't have to be fundraisers. It can be all kinds of things that you've been doing in the community. And why I say to really keep track of this um, is because a lot of times you don't and you don't realize how many things your organization is actually doing for the community. But if you're tracking it, you can really go back and say, oh, okay, what partners were involved? What do we do? If you did raise money, how much did we raise? Or what people helped out? And it's just a really good thing to, to kind of, I wouldn't say pad your grants, but definitely put that information in your grants. So people reading it can say, wow, they really have an impact on their community. Even if it's not, oh yeah, we have X amount of dollars for grants. But if you do a lot of community outreach and awareness activities and that sort of thing, that really shows community involvement and is impressive. Sorry, I'm like losing my voice here. <laughs> Number four, other grants or funding your organization has received. So once again, track this. You want to keep a file of this. Every time you get a grant, you want to add it on to this list. 
And once again, you can go to hollyrustic.com forward slash grant bonus and sign up for uh, some of these great templates. And you would be surprised, like even if you're in grants management or, you know, you can, it can get confusing, especially if you have a lot of grants on different fiscal years and you can be like, was that the 2012 one? Was that the 2013 one? And this one started in 2014, halfway through the year. And it's, it does get really confusing. So I would say keep track of it. And a lot of times you can just add that as an attachment, even if they don't ask for it, your grant, um, you know, who you're applying for a grant for. They don't ask for it, require it. It's a nice thing to use as an attachment if you have some extra pages that you can attach. Okay, number five, board officers and members. So once again, just keep a running list of who they actually are. You know, just make sure it's updated. Number six, staffing. So, and that's just like the board officers and members. You want to keep track of who's actually hired <laughs> at your organization or working there or volunteering or interning. And you just want to keep a little short bio on them. It doesn't have to be long or anything, but you would want to keep uh, their resume too. And I would say treat your volunteers and your interns just like staff. So make sure they have, and we'll go into this later detail in a different podcast, but make sure they have a handbook too. Your employee handbook includes your interns and your volunteers. You just want to have everything covered, your liabilities, but you also want them to feel very involved. And you know you want to give them some responsibilities and for them to feel protected as well. So definitely include them. And a lot of times you can use them for non-federal match to their hours. So you want to make sure that's all tracked. And then, of course, staffing structure, number seven. Staffing structure is just who reports to whom and how it's the whole thing is handled. So do you have meetings? How is this actually, how are your staff overseen? How is the supervision done and, and all that report? So it is your organization. You definitely want to have a chart, but you also want to have um, just some dialogue or some narration that talks about how, you know, are you guys meeting? Is this, you know, interviews that you do to kind of oversee quarterly kind of, you know, follow-ups or check-ups or, you know, even your grievance policy you could kind of throw in there a little bit just so there's any issues. So you just want to make sure that there is a hierarchy and there's a structure. Number eight, financial oversight and management of funds. And once again, this does vary from organization to organization, but you definitely want to have in there, you know, what kind of software you use for your finances, how you track your accounting, and, you know, just those kind of things, how you actually oversee your funds and who does the reporting and qualifications of their experience. So you really want to have somebody managing your funds that has some kind of experience in accounting, definitely. Or if you outsource that, you know, you just want to be clear on how you can get, uh, you can ask whoever you outsource to, if you outsource to a payroll or accounting agency, just to say, um, can you send us your financial oversight and management of funds um, statements and they will do that and you can just include those that's absolutely fine number nine job roles okay so these are kind of the extras your job roles for the project so you want to be able to make sure when you're running a project who you know you have to hire and what their qualifications are and you can include the people that you already have in the pipeline the resumes or if you don't have anyone, you can just include job descriptions and make those up. And a lot of times you'll be working very closely with the human resources on all of these um, items. And number 10, number 10 is your partners. Who are the specific partners that you're actually going to need for this project? So once again, that's project specific. Once you actually have a project outline, you want to make sure who they are, what they're going to be doing, if they're going to be giving any kind of in-kind or leveraged amounts, um, of value, you want to document that clearly. So those are all 
things that you will need about your organization for this first section of the five different parts of writing a grant. And once again, you can go to hollyrustic.com, and that's H-O-L-L-Y-R-U-S-T-I-C-K.com forward slash grant bonus to sign up for some of those free templates and to get some more information. I just want to thank you guys for listening and know that this is a five series part. This is the first section about your organization for the grant writing parts um, that a lot of funding sources are looking for. And once again, this is very general, but it will give you a great template if you listen to all of these five podcasts and just get all of your get all this stuff organized before grants are even announced. You will be far ahead of the pack. You'll be able to quickly get your grant done and be able to have time to actually review it and make sure everything's done properly and really set you up in a place where you will be more competitive to get those grants one day. Thank you again for listening and check out my other podcast at Writing and Funding. See you next time. Bye-bye.